The Cloudcast is sponsored by Intel Cloud for All, driving the creation of tens of thousands of clouds. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from DockerCon here in Barcelona. First of all, a huge thanks to the Docker folks for having us as a media sponsor for the event. Um, we've got two very distinguished guests on the show today, and they both looked at me strangely when I said that. <laughs> Careful there, buddy. <laughs> um, alumni of the show, first of all, uh, John Willis. How are you doing, John? Hey, it's John Willis, Pachigaloup. Glad to be. I guess it's my fourth time, maybe. I yeah, probably, yeah. probably. What? So what is your title these days? Uh, my title is... Besides uh, Instigator. Yeah, Troublemaker, Instigator, <laughs> whatever. Um, it's actually Director of Ecosystem Development, oh. which is a fancy way of saying I'm BD. Nice. Okay. Very nice. And we've also got Dave Tucker. Dave, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. And what do you? What are you doing at Docker these days? Uh, I'm a product manager, so I'm looking after some of the open source estate, so networking, uh, security bits, and Docker's registry. Yeah, various little bits here and there. <laughs> Keep myself busy. <laughs> little, <know>. little little <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And, and we might want to add that this is 50% of the socket plane team. Right, exactly. And we, actually, before we hit record, Dave and I were talking about it. And not just that, but, you know, at this point, you guys are, are both, what, six, eight months in. You're wily veterans because probably over half the company is has less It's doubled time. since we've got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, it's doubled. Yeah. Crazy. Just growing like crazy. Yeah. So so first question I wanted to ask you guys, because I, I get this a lot. Um, so there is... Docker, and then there's what everyone thinks Docker is, right? Because a lot of people kind of almost pigeonhole Docker, Docker as the, you know the, the container technology, if you will. But it's really blossomed in this entire ecosystem, whether it's through the socket plane or other acquisitions, um, or, or the products that seem to be announcing it at every DockerCon. And so, if you guys don't mind, just you know, before we dig into the other topics, give everyone maybe a high level overview of. I'm going to let Dave do the, the Docker, the, the map, version. right? Yeah. What's the, what's but, the map? But I wanted to, it's funny that I say this now when I present anywhere, I say, by the way, we do know that we didn't invent containers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like if people come up to you, you know, you didn't invent containers. And I loved on uh, Ben's slide today yeah. where he did a sh- shoulder yeah. giants and he just showed all the companies that, you know, that C groups and namespaces and Linux containers and all the things and like we're totally aware that we didn't invent containers and we're standing on the shoulders of giants and i thought it was great to see in the opening keynote you know our our ceo put a dedicated slide to thank the community so that was pretty awesome yeah yeah i I mean you know i think solomon's spelled it out very well in the vision statement you know we we are in the market of building tools of mass innovation um so really we're a tools company um and docker is a collection of tools that allow you to kind of hit that multiplier for mass innovation. So it's not just a container runtime. Like that, that's just one thing that we do. We also you know, have many different tools, uh, and they're all collected in something that we like to call the Docker Toolbox, uh, which is a really great way to kind of get introduced to the platform, install all of the tools that we have available, uh, and then you can start like hitting that innovation multiplier. Um, so... Docker yeah, and, the, and I'll add this too. There was a demo of it today. Of and it was really the the idea wasn't necessarily around the Docker toolbox per se. It was just used as the example of of feature parity. Right. The the topic being that a lot of times 
the 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 Windows tools were um, maybe lagging, if you will, in some of the features. And and one of the big emphasis has been feature parity between both the Mac and Windows thing, you know, operating systems and the the toolbox used as the example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I tried to you know, so when we started Soccer Play and David written a lot of clever vagrant files right and for installing all sorts of variations of of docker and we used you know we used open vs which we had a lot of kind of cool things and so i've basically I've, i've like this farm of vagrant files you know and i've been using vagrant forever but but um, it wasn't until 1.9, I was like, you know, somebody tapped me on the shoulder, you really should try the toolbox. I'm like, ah. Oh. And, and literally, I mean, it was, it was an epiphany for me, really, how easy that was. You know, I, I mean, I, was, I, I literally downloaded in, in the fact that I had, like, Engine and I had, you know, the VirtualBox installed. I mean, whether I had it or not, it had, it had the ISO for the VirtualBox that we used for the boot to Docker. It had Compose. It had... Um, um, a machine does it have Swarm too, or uh, no, well, Swarm Swarm is a container. So, oh, oh, so it's yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, so yeah, it's just it's it, it has everything there, but it's great because you start off simple with a Docker file. You know, you Dockerize something, but then you soon realize that you've got a chain of Docker files, and you're like, ah, I need to start all of these things up at once. But then, because you use the toolbox, you've got Docker Compose installed, so it's like, ah, oh, great. So go down that rabbit hole. You start looking at Docker Compose. Uh, you write a Docker Compose YAML file, you spin up your first Compose app. That's pretty cool. And then the next kind of logical step is like, oh, well, what, what, would, this like if, what would this look like if I deployed it in a cluster? So then you can use Docker Machine and spin up a cluster of machines using Swarm, which is really easy, and all of the docs are there. And then you can just use Docker Compose, you know, create your app up against a Swarm. Um, it's, it's all there, all in one place. Um, it just really just kind of follows that story all the way through. I think it's really, really and, neat. And I hear you can do networking with it. Yeah, apparently this is networking <laughs> as well. Like we, uh, <laughs> oh, nice segue, John. Yeah, yes. um, yeah so the couldn't, couldn't have moved on better myself. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about networking, please. I would love to. Um, so the the big feature in one nine, in fact, the best feature of one nine. Let's go ahead. Let's go there and say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, is the is the multi-host networking. Uh, so one of the gaps that uh, we identified. Uh, when we founded Socket Plane was the fact that Docker's networking was fundamentally lacking in many areas. Uh, probably the biggest one was that it completely broke down when you had a cluster of machines uh, where you had a link before and you linked machines together. Uh, that meant if you were deploying on a swarm, all of your linked machines would have to appear on the same node, uh, which kind of defeats the object of having a cluster because you're just throwing everything on one node, so why bother? Um, now with uh, you know one nine, um, we have support for multi-host networking in Docker Engine. It's also there in Docker Swarm. So now you don't need to use links. Uh, you get service discovery built in. Uh, your apps can discover each of the components that they need to talk to, and yeah, you can deploy to any node in the swarm. Uh, you don't need to care where you are anymore. Um, yeah. it's really quite cool. What well, and and what are some of the biggest? So if that is removed as a hurdle, right? What are some of the other big hurdles that you guys are seeing right now? What are the other things that are still out there? Because so it, it was interesting as I was watching the keynote, like there was this focus on, on definitely on quality. There was a focus yep. on scalability, right? And, and, and focus on security. So, you know, I was very much noticing the topics and, uh, you know, it was a little bit of, of objection handling, if you will, because these are some of the, th- you know, people have been poking Docker with a stick with these certain things. And so you could I, tell it was like, hey, let's let's talk about all of these things. And I, I appreciate it that they talked about it openly. It, 
But I'm wondering what is, you know, so the big thing. So hold that question. The only thing I will say, you know, yeah. I've been doing this for 35 years and been to a lot of keynotes from a lot of large companies. It's pretty brave. You know, again, I, I'm not going to sound like a, a Docker shell here, like because I work for Docker. <laughs> Everything is so amazing. But, I mean, I think it's pretty brave to come up. You, you have two conferences a year and, and you and, and spend like a majority of the time. I've never seen the IBMs and the Oracles and the, the VMwares do that. Right. Where a majority of what Solomon talked about today was basically technical debt. Yeah, like you don't do that. The boring large. stuff. When you've got your, 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 <laughs> yeah. all of your Europe customers sitting in a room, yep. and and spend like seventy percent of the discussion on technical debt, that, that's pretty. That's pretty brave, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you know you can look at it. Glass half full, glass empty. Right. Um, you know, again, uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of marketing people that would have preferred us talk about roadmap and forward preaching and I, I thought it was uh, anyway no we're honest about you know yeah. what what we've got you know and we we call out where things can improve and i think that it's good for customers to know that's that's where we're focused right we, we hear them um you know we we hear their problems and that's what we're trying to fix so yeah it's really exciting uh, exciting times at docker yeah so, so John, you tend to kind of do a lot of the the, the community and outward facing things, and you've been doing that, you know, for for years. Um, and what has your role changed when it comes to how you're approaching the community? And and honestly, it's it's you've been very much known for for the DevOps kind of approach here. But as you're kind of settling into your role. Are you still doing that? Yeah, or, no. Or what is your what's your kind of deal going forward, man? Well, I mean, so from an evangelist perspective, I mean, this is you know when I first got to, to Docker, um, the, one of the first things I was handed was this Gartner report. It was an early release of Gartner report where they talk, uh, and it, I actually interviewed the guy who wrote it, right? And he's ten years release engineering guy. I mean, had had the real chops because it was a well written article. A lot of it was theoretical, but it was like if you you know what if. Gartner says that you should use Docker this way. And um, it, it really got me thinking about not only immutable infrastructure, which has been around, like, you know, Netflix described this, you know, what, like back in probably three or four years ago of how they run infrastructure. And then, you know, some of the guys in uh, ThoughtWorks have talked about immutable infrastructure. And I started thinking about reading this. I was thinking, and then I, I saw the Gilt presentation uh, back uh, last year's June where they called it immutable infrastructure, but it really is immutable delivery. Mm, okay. And so what I mean is what you're seeing people do now is the developers are building their artifacts on their laptop. And when they're leaving their laptop, they're, they're basically immutable with like metadata and metadata on how to run it. And, and you get all this kind of beauty of speed, reduced variation, um, you, know, you know, we could go Deming even here, but but the point is, you you see that. Imagine that a developer can build a set of artifacts or artifacts that can be tested with services. So think about microservices architecture. Mm-hmm. I have a, I can pull down the fourteen other services on my laptop, test my service with those, and when I that my artifact leaves, um, as long as it's version compatible, as it goes through the flow, the integration flow, uh, smoke test flow, whatever you whatever your flow ends up to production that um, I'm basically bit for bit the same, which is my kind of OS, basically, my middleware, and my application. And uh, this is a model that um, that I believe is going to transform. And we're seeing the bleeding-edge companies like Gilt, Yelp does this model. Yep. Even, um, even at the DevOps Enterprise Summit, Capital One. Yes. It went over how they're even in production, and they, you know, not across the board, not all business units, but but they are running an immutable infrastructure or immutable delivery model 
Um, so yeah, I think you know my what I've been kind of preaching for five or six years about reduced variation, all those things. I think Docker is the best place to be right now because I think we actually f- can fulfill that that promise as good as probably better than anybody else. Makes sense. So so uh, we'll wrap up here with one final question. So so Dave. The last time uh, we actually talked to John, and I think it was was Madhu maybe on the show, um, and we uh, one nine just released, and mm-hmm. it was the first kind, of, first you know, socket playing out into the world kind yeah. of thing, right? Well, now that it's been out for a couple months, what what is the primary driver of adoption and use cases, right? Because obviously, like you were saying earlier, it really opens up a whole new set of use cases and a whole new set of functionality. But but what exactly are people doing with something like that? So the real benefit is that it allows you to model your network topology in a completely infrastructure-independent way. So it's totally portable. So you're not tied to one specific provider, no lock-in. Uh, and that becomes like an inherent part of your application. So looking at some of the use cases that um, I'm going to be presenting later today, you know, we, we have a, a simple use case of micro-segmentation. So you want to divide your application up into really small small units where you're okay for everything to talk to each other. And then let's say you want to join those segments together. Like, you can do that now. You can spin up multiple networks. You can find a little container, some secure proxy to join them together. Like that, that stuff wasn't possible before, uh, before Docker 1.9. So now we've really just opened the floodgates. Uh, the developer abstraction, I think, is really great. And, you know, it's really exciting to see what people are going to do with it in the, in the coming months. Fantastic. You know, Go ahead. I just want to add, because I think it's an important point, and I hadn't really thought about it until he said, you know, that we, we're all uh, microservices y- y- gaga right now, which is cool, right? Microservices right. is awesome. But, but – the, what I hadn't realized is what we've really done here in 1.9, and Dave is a big part of it, and, and the engineering team. I just talk about it. I don't really know. <laughs> but um, but the the point is, we really have married you know micro segmentation, microservices. So we've made it very simple for a developer not only to create kind of microservice architectures, but and and I think we've got some training to get people to understand this. But with this new networking stuff, they can actually map kind of congruent. Mm. With a microservice architecture, a microsegmented network. Yep. So my service is called Foo, my network is called Foo, mm-hmm. and I've actually abstracted away all the complex networking part, but I've actually given a microservice architecture microsegmentation, nice. which is like really cool. Yeah. Like if you, if no, you are, absolutely. If you know those two terms, and right. you, if you spend some time in the SDN world and you spend some time in the, mic- the microservice architecture world, Marrying those two, we've actually just done that. Well, you know, it ties back to your point about, you know, immutable delivery. And now the infrastructure can actually be, be part of that and also be equally immutable. Yes. It's, it's there totally. from day one, yes. right? And you can test against it, uh, which is quite new. Like, yeah. Usually you develop components in isolation, glue them together, and then it's wait and see. Like, what's <laughs> what the infrastructure is going to break? Right. Uh, now yeah. we can model the infrastructure as well. Sure. Um, we're starting to get to some really great territory. Can, can you talk a little bit? I know you want to get rid of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, but the plugin architecture, right? I mean, yeah. that's going to even be more exciting where the vendors can – I think you, you want to mention a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I think one of the other things that we mentioned was that the networking stack is pluggable. Yes. So as we said, like we, we have our own battery, uh, you know, our, our multi, multi-host networking uh, stack, but you can choose to replace that with any other stack. 
The neat thing about that is the developer experience doesn't change. It's still the same commands. You still model the network the same way. It's just the implementation in the back end could be swapped out for something from Cisco, from VMware, from Nuage, from Project Calico, from Weave. There's a huge ecosystem out there. Uh, so that means ops can choose the right platform for them to run in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still the same thing. Uh, you know, It's still the same application and nothing needs to change. You don't need to rebuild it. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right, guys, we are out of time for today. Um, John, Dave, where can everyone find out more about you guys? What are you going to be talking about this week? And such? Uh, I'm just going to be bouncing around, so uh, so by the time this goes up, <laughs> it'll be over. But I'm Botchgaloop on Twitter and John.Willis at Docker.com. Awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, Dave underscore Tucker uh, on Twitter, and uh, I'm DT at Docker.com. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for your time, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 